0: I'm not taking any questions.
2: Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit.
0: You're listening to Cabbie Presents
2: the podcast.
1: What you need, what what you need, I got. I was going to do the rest of the verse, but I, I was. I'm not confident in my ability to either rhyme Kanye or Jay Z. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Where my money at? That's all I'm going to do. I know it's not. Uh, It's not popular when I sing, but I I will be singing uh, later in this particular podcast and radio show, and I want to say thank you for clicking and downloading and listening to the Cabbie Presents podcast. I'm your host, Cabbie Richards, and uh, if you're listening to this on TSN Radio 1050 in Toronto, thank you, and enjoy the show. Uh, If you haven't done so, log into iTunes, search for Cabbie Presents. And rate the podcast, or leave a comment, either one. Both of those are much appreciated. Okay, so the the 2012 CFL season is upon us, and teams vie to represent in the 100th Grey Cup, which will be here in Toronto in November. And on the show today, from the 2011 Grey Cup champions, G. Roy Simon from the BC Lions will be on the show, and... Uh, I'll get into how the team celebrated that night because I was there at the after party. I'll give you a little behind the scenes. And from the Million Dollar Smile Files, one of the biggest offseason acquisitions moving from the Calgary Stampeders to the Hamilton Ticats to try to restore the glory to that storied franchise, joins us on the phone right now.
0: If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers.
1: And I'm pleased to be joined by the first, maybe the first, yeah, I'd say comfortably to say the first CFL athlete that I could uh, call a friend. Uh, We spent many nights together at uh, his charity events in Calgary and many laughs, and I spent many nights just envying his life. And I'm talking about Henry Burris, of the now Hamilton Tiger Cats, welcome to the show, sir.
0: Hey, thank you for having me on your show today, sir.
1: Hey, um, so uh, Henry, I know that um, you, you just left. Uh, pro- okay, before we get into like Hamilton and CFL stuff, um, were you happy or upset that the Miami Heat won the NBA championship?
0: I was actually happy because uh, you know seeing everything LeBron and the guys have been going through trying to achieve it. Uh, It was all about team and not just about one guy, and I'm glad people are off LeBron because LeBron didn't deserve all the hatred that he received, but I guess, hey, uh, you know, great responsibility comes with, uh, you know, the the great position that he's in. So uh, he answered the question, and now the critics can go to bed.
1: Wait, but isn't it fun to root against the dude, though, Hank? Like, Uh, wait, like, okay, listen, like, I I don't know if you ever rooted, maybe you know Terrell Owens, but a lot of people took joy in rooting against Terrell Owens, and unfortunately – that dude is just mired in his own like he's just battling demons and he his his life is like totally messed up and like people took fun in rooting against alex rodriguez before he went to the yankees and even when he was with the yankees and lebron picked up that mantle and he was the guy you did you <laughs> have you ever taken fun in rooting against a superstar
0: well i, I would say to me like for me i cannot put alex i mean no i can put lebron and Terrell Owens in the same sentence because, to me, LeBron backed up his talk with his walk. But he hardly talks. You never hear LeBron going off on any tangent on any players talking about other players in bad ways like Terrell Owens did. But LeBron, he showed it with his action both off the court and on the court. And I know kind of about how he went about announcing his uh, free agent choice, you know, going to South Beach and everything, as far as picking out the boys' club. But there was a lot of money given to that boys' club where he did that event at. And that's what it was all about for him. But in the end, you know, he promised that he would make the right decision. He did good things for people who were in need, and now he's crowned a champion. And To me, for him to walk that tightrope the way he did as a young kid growing up and to be as professional as he is still at such a young age, uh, I think he should be commended on what he's done. I think a lot of young people should uh, look up to him for how he how he's so professional at such a young age.
1: Hank, have you forgotten who you're talking to? I don't want the politician. Okay, like I know you're a quarterback, and you have to satisfy the egos of friggin' nine offensive skill players, running backs, halfbacks, slot backs, receivers, all that I, tight ends. I know you have to satisfy all those people, okay? But this is you and I talking, all right? And I and I and I know that it's funny that you took sort of in the Terrell Owens, LeBron. Uh, kind of scenario you went you leaned on you supported LeBron because I know as a as a in the quarterback fraternity as you share with Donovan McNabb when uh and Jeff Garcia because Terrell Owens called out both of those dudes I know you're friends with Jeff Garcia we'll get to that in a bit but like I I know that like you're like I gotta you know I gotta stand up for my quarterbacks you know so then you (laughs) sided with I saw that I saw that uh Hank I saw that. Okay, You
2: got me there.
1: Okay, so, so okay, so you, okay, but a, a politician aside, have you ever, even growing up, you grew up in, in Houston, right? Uh, Well,
0: I grew up in Oklahoma, but I lived in Houston for a while, Yeah.
1: Excuse me, sorry, Oklahoma. Okay, so there weren't like, man, there had to have been like, I mean, okay, Houston, so like, were, were you like an Oilers fan or were you a Cowboys fan? Oh,
0: I was a big Cowboys
1: fan, huge Cowboys. Huge Cowboys, oh man, see, I can't, so then, I mean, <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so I can't,
1: I can't see. I mean, because in the time that you grew up, I mean, that's the '90s Cowboys. were, I mean, the '80s they sucked, and yeah, then you yeah. know, like Troy even got there like one and fifteen, and the Emmett and then Michael Irvin got there, and then obviously there it all turned around. Yeah. But but <laughs> um, th- there weren't weren't there any? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of that. Like in the '90s, like in that you know southwestern part of the United States, where there were like one guy was perceived as the villain, much like Terrell Owens and. Randy Moss and, and LeBron. There wasn't one dude who you, like, took took some kind of pleasure in rooting against?
0: Well, well, for me, there, there were a couple. It was either uh, John Stockton Carmelone of the Utah Jazz uh, okay. or Larry Bird of the Boston Celtics. Those guys were not my friends because <laughs> I, I, just, I always thought they were overrated, even though they were some of the most decorated, best players they ever stepped on the hard court. But to me, it was all about Magic Johnson, Kevin Johnson, and Michael Jordan. Those guys. To me, backed up everything that they showed, and they led their teams to championships. Bird and them did the same thing, but I just didn't like the colors, you know, the green and white and all that stuff. So that looked real icky, and you never wanted to see those guys win because they just looked so nasty on the court.
1: <laughs> like I said, those guys weren't my friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the Utah Jazz had with the, the white and like the purple and green, or like it, and then they went to like the black and like the. Like, I don't know, it was like the green and blue or something. Yeah, the, those uniforms, they were those oh. uniforms were pretty ugly.
0: Well, see, the thing that always got me was the fact that when you think of Utah, you don't think of basketball. I mean, and here they are trying to get hip with all these colors, and they got a guy named the mailman, Carl Malone. I mean, heck of a player, you know, story career, Hall of Famer and everything, but come on now. I'm like, when you think of basketball, you don't think of Utah. You know what I mean? And to me, it was all about showtime. You know, Magic Johnson. You know he backed up everything with all the flair and everything, and those guys did it right. And they, every time he stepped out on that hardcore, court, regardless of what happened the night out before, he showed up and played his game. And, and those guys did special things always.
1: So no love for your Houston Rockets, your you know your, your, your Kenny Smith and Hakeem Olajuwon, and you know those back to back winning Rockets teams, or even your Dallas Mavs with that young nucleus of Jason Kidd and, and Jamal Mashburn and, and Jim Jackson.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, honestly, Dallas, no, I've never been a big Dallas guy because I know all they did was borrow our point guards that we developed, you know, being Jason Kidd, play for the Suns. You know, Steve Nash, played for the Sun. <laughs> you know, I'm a big point guard guy, so I was always a big Kevin Johnson, Frankie Johnson, and then, of course, Steve Nash and Jason Kidd, Stephon Marbury, but, I, you know, I was a big fan of Clyde Drexler and uh, Kim Olajuwon, because I used to love to watch them play when they were with the Houston Rockets and the, the Houston Cougars at that, and of course, they lost, the, uh, they lost the, you know, to the national championship to NC State, but, you know, those guys all did great things, and, you know, I looked up to those guys by the way they were so professional whenever they stepped on the court, but... Come on, man. I, you know, I ain't giving no props to no John Stockton. You know, he he was a flopper before the days of the flop. And oh, so, wow.
1: Okay. I mean, wow. Okay. You,
0: you I was like, but I respect their game. I mean, if I saw him on the street, you know, I'd want to take a picture or get his autograph. But, again, you know, to me it's all about, you know, playing hard, grinding hard, and getting after But to me, they were floppers before the days of the flop.
1: That's interesting. Okay, so you mentioned professional a few times and. And in the past couple of years, LeBron James has been that he's gone about his business and he hasn't really been speaking out in the media too much, other than his uh, his decision. But his um, his his image is starting to repair itself because I don't know if you saw this, but he just popped up in this couple's wedding photo. He like he like I wouldn't I don't want to say he photo a wedding, but he he was at staying at the same uh, hotel in Miami as uh, he was doing something for Sports Illustrated in this couple. You know, they got their photo taken with LeBron, and there he is, smiling in like a T-shirt, and um, and like you know, he just he, he did a, a bit on David Letterman, and David Letterman kind of went in on him, and Letterman was bringing up Cleveland, like the first five minutes of the of the uh, of the interview, uh, Letterman was asking about you know what would have been like to win in Cleveland, and all this sort of thing. So, but LeBron handled it well, as yeah. as as uh, you would, you would expect. Now, what do you think he should do to repair his image completely? Now he's won, so so people are going to forgive him. Or not forgive him, but people are going to, you know, ev- it's easy to get behind a winner. Um, and he won't, uh, you know, get as much hate as he's already um, faced. But what do you think that, I mean, should he just go on like a national tour, just popping up at random places, taking pictures of kissing babies and showing up in boys and girls clubs and stuff like that? You're a politician, so you know, Hank. <laughs>
0: Honestly, honestly there's a guy in the White House who tries that everywhere he goes and it hasn't helped his image. They uh, named Barack <laughs> Obama. Uh, I, honestly I'm telling you, uh, you know, for LeBron, I mean he did the best thing he could possibly do because I mean, like you say, everybody loves a winner. I mean, regardless if you're Michael Phelps, you know, who got caught with the bong pitcher right. you know, to winning Olympic gold. People forgot about that. I mean, as long as you go handle your business and, and stay professional and just be yourself. I mean, that's really all you can do. And I mean, regardless, I mean, when LeBron wasn't winning, you know, he would score 45 points, get 13 rebounds, eight assists, nine steals. But he missed the last shot of the game, then they said he was a choke. And I'm like, well, shoot, if he had scored 45, they wouldn't have been in that situation to take the last shot. But the thing is, honestly, he can only be himself from here on out because – When you have haters, they're always going to be there. They're always going to find that one moment to doubt you. Trust me, I felt I've dealt with that in my career. I've seen a number of guys deal with that, men and women. So, honestly, all you can do is is, is take care of yourself because one of the the greatest things I was taught by, to me, the best quarterback in CFL history, Damon Allen, he told me, you know, you can only take care of your front and your backyard because the yard next to you, regardless of what they say or do, you can't control that. So, really, you can't control what other people say or or think or do. All you can really do is – all you can really control is what takes place in your house, how you present yourself, and how you go about doing your daily chores, and, and you know how you uh, critique yourself in public, just being yourself. And, because at the end of the day, people are going to say what they want to say and do what they want to do and uh, try to paint a picture that's not even there.
1: And speaking of which, why did you get off of Twitter?
0: <laughs> well, number one, I mean, to me, it turned into a bathroom stall. Because uh, you know after a win, people would say, Hank, you're great, great job, blah, blah, blah. But then those people who didn't say anything that, you know, as far as good game, good game, as soon as there'd be a loss, regardless of what happened, Hank, you're the worst, you need to get rid of you. I mean, it turned into a bathroom stall where people come in there and co-sign and do a whole bunch of stuff. So you just
1: get an avalanche of hate. Like, after every loss, you just knew it was coming. And, and like, it was just, like, did it, when did it get really bad?
0: I'll tell you for me when it got really bad was you know just when a lot of stuff started coming up last year in Calgary when you know people started hacking into my Twitter and then people are looking at me like okay you did this you did that and then finally after the season within a four-month period my uh, account got hacked five times. Really? So uh, yeah and that's uh, that was the last uh, tweet I ever sent was you know it's hard for a person to communicate with the public when their account gets hacked five times in four weeks thank you but no thank you and that, that was my last tweet I ever sent out and I will keep it at that and, uh, you know, just enjoy life and in the, in the peaceful nature that I'm enjoying right now.
1: So how, so has it like, has it been like a big like stress relief to just shut Twitter down and get like, and be away from all that criticism? I mean, there's praise, but there's, it sounds like there's more criticism than praise.
0: Yeah, honestly there was. I mean, because the fact that, you know, you go out and you do so many things as far as in the community for people, you know, I'm a type of guy, like I love positive uh, vibes and, You know, I always make sure when I meet people, I say nothing but positive things, and I always offer my services and time. But as far as in hindsight, you know, when you have people constantly trying to, you try to build up positive windows, and they try to bash them in whenever your back is turned. I mean, of course, when they go on social media, that's all that's all opened up to the for the public to see as well. And so, you know, to me, I don't need that negative 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 uh, connotations as far as in my life. I don't need those negative thoughts. And for me, a person who's built off just positive things and loves to live. Surround himself with positive people. Uh, for me, when those things start to present themselves, it's time for me to hit the road.
1: All right, that's fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah, you
1: know that's. I mean, <laughs>
2: that,
1: like, that, that's fair. Like, I mean, you, you know, like it, it's it, it is tough to just weather the, a storm of, of of hate, you know, and and like and, yeah. and 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 you know, and people, but you know, there are there are. I don't know, there are a lot of nice people, and people do say a lot of positive things, but it's easy for people to, and you know what, sometimes they just want to get a reaction from you, man, like, they just, like, people just send, like, the most awful things, and they just want that, you to reply to them, whether it's publicly on your timeline, or direct message, but I'm not to excuse their behavior, but sometimes they just, they just want a piece of you, just to, I don't know, just so you can look in their direction, and and whatever yeah, yeah. but people go about it in really messed up ways
0: exactly because I mean life is too short and uh, you know to me the last thing you need to do is be caught up in some, some negative stuff that has nothing to do with you because all you have to do all you're gonna do in the end is end up bearing that on your shoulders and trying to get that weight off your shoulders at some way in point and you know for me I've dealt with that in my career as well you know and that's the reason why I'm here in Hamilton and I'm glad the move was made for me to be here because you know when you're around something that's negative and, and it's not really beneficial to your future, as a person, or as in your your career profesh- profession, I mean, it, you know, it's time to make moves. And uh, you know, for me, the time came as far as in football, and I'm glad change occurred. And uh, hey, I'm enjoying it out here now.
1: We will get to um, Hamilton in just a second, but before we before we uh, we head back east, I want to stay in the west a little bit. Two things. First of all, your the Henry Burris All Star Weekend. I, I've been I've been fortunate to attend two of them. And, uh, and I believe that was 07 and 08 or 08 and 09 when you had the softball games. Did you do it last year?
0: Yeah, we, we've been doing it now for seven years. And, uh, yeah, you were there in 07 and 08 because, uh, uh, yeah, we, that was our second and third year that we had had the event. And, uh, you know, I'm truly thankful for you coming out. Cause, uh, hey, I had a great time, man.
1: Even though I suck at softball and, like, I'd be, like, <laughs> the only guy to strike out in three-pitch. And, like, I'd and be cursed. Or, like, I would pop up into the infield, like, cursing all the way up to first base. Little kids around. Like, complete lack of etiquette and, and any kind of awareness. It was, uh, it was awful. But I had a good time that weekend. And I, and I do want to shout out uh, the Weston Hotel in Calgary for the 24-hour hot tub in the pool. But <laughs> uh that weekend that, man that's it's a, a beautiful <laughs> facility right there. Oh man. But okay so but you guys so your 7th year was this past it's it's usually in May, correct?
0: Yes it is. Still in May. And I
1: I I been I missed it like cuz I've been covering like usually the, the reasons I've had to miss it cuz I end up covering like the NHL um playoffs and that always coincides with with uh your weekend. So did you guys do a football did you guys do a baseball game this year?
0: Well, no, we uh, actually the, the final year that you came, um, uh, we actually did the, that was the last year we did the softball game because we wanted to have an uh, you know we wanted to create a direct uh, as far as uh, experience for the kids as far as with the athletes and the celebrities that we brought in, and uh, we felt that you know having a football camp you know a sports camp for the kids would definitely give them an opportunity to meet you know the athletes and the celebrities that we brought in face to face and be able to. You know, meet them in person, and as far as see them up close and live instead of on TV, or you know, at the time we had the softball game where they were sitting in stands and we were on the field of play, uh, we wanted to bring them up and you know get, allow them to have direct contact with the people that were that were present. And and I mean, we so got, are you saying
1: you got to yell at them and like oh, uh, blow oh, whistles in their it. face, throw clipboards down, that sort of thing?
0: Oh, we come on, Max. It. Come week on! <laughs> <A> we <week> get <laughs> after him, and I mean, this past year we had a couple of uh, mainstays that are MMA uh, fighters as far as in Jason Day. Oh, and shout out to
1: Jason Day. He's in, I think he's in Vancouver now, isn't he?
0: Yeah, well, he's back and forth because he, he's doing a bunch of stuff in Calgary as well. And uh, and then Nick Ring, who's fighting in 149, UFC 149, an undercard there in Calgary. Oh, cool. He, he came out as well as a bunch of our Olympians uh, from you know Jesse Lumsden to Katrina LeMay-Don. A bunch of people came out. And and supported, but for them, the kids to be able to come down, and not only see those kids as far as on uh, the, the athletes on TV. But now here they are, live in person, being able to interact with them one on one, and being able to take so many beneficial things—not only the swag and autographs, but you know, some 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 useful knowledge that they can use as far as their experiences, and be able to compare it to what they're going through as far as their personal lives.
1: This is how crazy your weekend got for me. Once I remember, I don't know if you remember this. But well, we had to be on a TV at a TV station at like 7, 13 a.m. or something. And it was like, it was either the Friday morning or the, I think it was the Friday morning. And, and I think we'd get in, Dave and I would get in at like, you know, on Thursday. I showed up in sunglasses, like a absolute D-bag, like doing a hit. I think it was, it was, I think it was the, the city TV or, or uh, you know, the Canada AM or whatever it was, whatever it is in Calgary. I did my interview in sunglasses and like... And I just reeked. Like, it just, oh. Dude, you, you mentioned like a bathroom I smelled like a bathroom stall. And, uh, oh, my gosh. And, and you were there, you know, million, million dollar, million watt smile, ready to go, you know, total energy. And I'm like slinking in my, in my seat. I, I, I wish you just told me to just hey, cab. you know what? I got this one. Why don't you, do you go ha- handle the green room and some, and some uh, tea? I had, I had some great times then, man.
0: You know, that speaks volumes about the person that you are because, I mean, you and Dave, I mean, you guys would come out and spend countless hours of signing autographs till the three, four a.m. mark. Yeah, so right. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <kids and laughs> again,
1: again, you're the politician. Yeah, by signing autographs, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he means he means uh, I- I- enjoying beverages and <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, late night pizza. <laughs> Putting
0: your, put your mark on beverages. Exactly. That's,
1: yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, so let, let's quickly talk about this, the Calgary Stampede. It's the one. It's the Centennial Calgary Stampede. Oh man! Um, I was on the. Uh, I had. Um, I introduced the idea to a, a friend of mine that plays for the um, for the Washington Capitals. This dude named Brooks like, who's from Saskatchewan. I'm like, dude, you have to come to the Calgary Stampede. It's the province next to yours. Like it's you. You know. You, and he and he said, there's some other thing and in Regina at the same time. I'm like, Brooks, you must go to the Calgary Stampede, and I convinced him, and we are now both going to meet. At the Calgary Stampede, and I always noticed that when the Stampede was on your team, or when you played for Calgary, you guys were always out of town.
0: <laughs>
1: they like they're not they're not risking anything with you guys, you know. The, uh, certainly the opening weekend. I'm not sure about the closing weekend, but you guys were like never. So you've have you ever been able to go to it?
0: Yes, I have, <laughs> and I say that very vaguely. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey have you hey have you been did you ever get like okay I know it's like it's like it's like the midwest you know do you ever get like cowboy hat cowboy boots did you get into it like that
0: well uh, see, I'm from oklahoma, so i I'm a cowboy I know oh, right you know I know how to ride horses, I know how to to uh, calf wrestle, I know how to do all that so. do you really yeah, yeah, so what do you I'm a mean cowboy. I am a cowboy, yeah.
1: Wait, so, but you lived in, like, a rural part of Oklahoma, or is all all of Oklahoma pretty much rural?
0: All of Oklahoma is pretty much rural, <laughs> that word, we're country. <laughs> y'all, city folks, y'all city folks say the rural thing, I mean, we say it's it's country, it's home, right? <laughs> That's why I was going to look at because, like, we don't know what that means, but for us, it's home, it's country. I grew up on 400 acres, and there's nothing but land for sale around where I live, and, uh yeah, when you're flying and you look down and you see nothing but land, that's where I grew up. But Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm used to going to rodeos, black rodeos in Oklahoma and uh but coming to the Calgary Stampede for me was like refreshing. I mean, but of course the thing was I never quite made it to the infield to actually see the Stampede racing going on or the The,
1: the Chucks, riding, the Chuck Wagon the races.
0: Chucks. Like I didn't you know, I never I watched it on T V but uh I never actually made it to the infield for one particular reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're just really tired.
0: Yeah, I was just fatigued. You know, yeah, man, spending time with the kids.
1: Right, right, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I love spending time with kids in Calgary. kids between the ages of 19 and 24.
2: <laughs>
1: man, my first, I like when I. See, I'm from Toronto, and 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 I, I like, I never really heard about. Okay, so here's your question for you. Being that you are an American, you're from Oklahoma. What did you? What did you hear about Canada before you went to play in Canada?
0: Well, to me, the number one thing is people always kept asking me how you ever been to Toronto, and that was they, so. That, so,
1: Canada was Toronto before you got got there.
0: Oh, Cappy, I'll tell you, this is how crazy it is. Now that I'm up here, when I first came to Calgary, people were always asking me, "Man, I can't fly to Calgary. I got to fly over water." And they were saying, you know, okay, yeah, I'm flying to Toronto. Why don't you come see me? Thinking, like, everything's right around Toronto. <laughs> and so they're like, yeah, we'll be in Toronto for, like, a week. You should be able to drive and see us. I'm like, uh, it'd be like a four- or five-day drive for me to get to you. But no you doubt. No, no idea. Toronto is, like, the center of Canada, and everything is within an hour of it. That's how people perceive Canada.
1: All right. Right. Well, it's, that's how people from Toronto perceive uh, Canada as well. <laughs> that's how we are. We're a bunch of friggin' egocentric bastards over here. <laughs>
0: Well, people here now that I'm in Hamilton tell me that TSN actually stands for the Toronto Sports Network. So <laughs> I'll see what
1: that means. <laughs> hey, man we, we show love we show love to the Ticats, man. We got you know we show uh, the whole league we show love to. So it's not just there. There might be a bit of over enthusiasm for the Toronto Maple Leafs. However, you know we still show love to the uh, to the rest of all the other four four sports.
0: Are you talking about that team with the Maple Leaf that's supposed to be red that hasn't won a championship in like hundred years that y'all still cheer for? No, 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 not
1: red. The Maple Leaf, the Maple Leaf is white or sometimes oh. it's blue, and oh, okay. yes, that the team hasn't won since 1967. It's been a yeah, very that... long time, and the fan base is extremely passionate. Where you know it's like it, it's like the Chicago Cubs fan base that's so like,
0: oh, like okay. lovable
1: losers. I don't know about lovable. Maybe uh, we're we're quite obnoxious. Toronto Maple Leaf fans.
0: Well, see, as a Flames fan, I, I, I I've I've started a whole thing calling the, the Leafs the make-beliefs because it's a blue leaf instead of a red leaf. <laughs> they're this make-belief good team that's actually not very good. So it's all good, you know. I, I know a couple guys on the team, so hey, you know they're athletes that are, and I respect all, but I got to go for the Flames.
1: The the make-beliefs. I I, and I say we in Toronto. I'm not specifically a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, although I grew up in Toronto. But anyway, okay. So the okay. So so Hamilton. You're uh, you're here in Hamilton, and um, now you have like a new set of dudes. Like you have a a new like a, a locker room to you know to lead, and a, a bunch of guys that you're now you know sharing experiences with and cracking jokes with. So, but okay, so when you were in Calgary, who was like who were like your right hand dudes? I mean, not not just like you know the receivers that you threw the ball to, obviously, but like in in social circles, like. You know, when you go out to dinner, uh, you could be in in Vancouver or you could be in, you know, Winnipeg or something. Who are, like, the guys that you – who is, like, part of your crew?
0: Well, you know, for me, I'm one of those guys. I got to have, like, a variety of guys I hang with for every occasion, right? Okay. I mean, you got to have the guys, you know, when it's time to have more of a chill night, guys that are just kind of – you know, mentally, you're like on the same level, like, you know, the Ryan Thelwells. Uh, right, yeah,
1: very, things. yeah, shout out to Ryan Thelwell and yeah. that trip to Vegas. He's a very chill dude.
0: <laughs> you know, like the real chill guys that you can kind of do everything with, but, you know, it's more of a laid back type of situation, you know, you're definitely there on the same level. You know, I had guys like Ryan, I had uh, Juwan Simpson, you know, the Kenyon Rambos, you know, those type of guys that I would hang out with, and, you know, just, but, you know, of course, you know, when it's time to get it going, you know, it's pretty much the same crew, and then, You got to bring in a couple of younger guys that, you know, you can take them and lead them to the flock and then, you know, send them off and, you know, kind of live vicariously through them. You know, since I'm a married guy, I got to live through the single guys and, them off so they can, you know, get the kill and then tell us the stories, right? <laughs> so, you, you gotta have those guys, so <laughs>
1: yeah. that's outstanding, yeah. And you know what? And it's like, it, it, I do this with my friends, I don't know what to say with you, but it's like, it's like the next morning, just like the messages being exchanges hey, what happened with so and so? How did so and so? Do you, you know? You're just getting like it's it's uh, it's as fun uh, hearing the stories and hearing the pursuit of the night before all that stuff as it is to go and uh, participate in it if you can, if you're a single guy. But being a guy in a relationship, yeah, you could definitely take a lot of joy in. and certainly like when the mission flops. Then, like, for whatever reason, I'm sure there's always, like, something, you know, this person did this, and I couldn't get a taxi to this, and then blah, blah, blah. Her friend <laughs> lost her phone. Like, that's, like, <laughs> absolute game killer. So, so I, I know what you're saying. Okay, so you had those dudes. Okay, so who are, like, who are, like your new – like, who is the new Kenyon Rambo for you or the new Ryan Thelwell for you?
0: Well, you know what? The,
1: the new Have you guys... had enough time to, to form a bond like that with any guys on the, on the Cats?
0: Well, it seems like I have already. I mean, I've got you know, I, you know, I've known guys before I came here, and 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 the fact that I know guys like Kevin Ivan, you know, him and I, we, you know, we see eye to eye in so many ways. You know, he's a he's a newlywed, but you know, he understands that you know I love my family and I do anything for him, and we kind of see eye to eye on that as well. And and uh, guys like Ray Williams, uh, you know, even Avon Coburn coming over, uh, Jamal Johnson, but you know, now we had to incorporate some young guys and. You know, there's plenty of those guys on this team. You know, the likes of Andy Fantuz. Andy Fantuz,
1: that that's that's gonna be your road dog right there. Yeah, that, that you can live a few lives vicariously through that dude.
0: Oh yeah, you know he, he's the man. You know what I mean? He got the million dollar smile, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I, I hey, you know, I hang around guys like him, and you get guys like Sam Giguere, and you know, different guys. You know, guys that you know are good guys, good down to earth guys, and. When it's all about sitting around, hanging around, having a couple glasses of wine or beer or whatever, you know, they're always good times. You know, don't cause any trouble. They go out and they have a good time of fun, and and uh, those are the type of guys that you love to hang around with because you can share good stories with, and you know, sit around bonfires when you're in the locker room and have great laughs with them as well as far as how the night went the night before. So, uh, I mean, you, you can't you can't beat that. For me, that's that's what you look forward to as far as the locker room guys who can, you know, through a good or a bad day, they can keep you laughing regardless of the situation.
1: Are you aware? That you are 121 yards away from passing Doug Flutie on the all-time CFL passing list.
0: You know what? I haven't even realized that. I, I, 121,
1: I dude, you can do that in a, the first quarter of the first game of the I, season.
0: I didn't know where I was as far as in passing. I mean,
1: you're seventh you know. right now. You'll move into sixth, moving past Doug Flutie, who could, who's arguably the most decorated, or arguably the most famous. Him or Warren Moon, most famous CFL quarterbacks.
0: Wow, that's 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 unreal right there. I mean, Doug did so many great things up here, and you know, I'm just trying to hold on with the way people say I am right now. I'm just trying to hold on and keep playing. And <laughs> but uh, but I mean, the thing for me is, uh, you know, I'm excited about this and uh, to be able to, you know, accomplish that type of of a goal as far as within my career or to be able to surpass a guy like Doug Flutie. It definitely means a lot because he was a heck of a quarterback and a heck of a person as well.
1: You're also a little over 2,600 yards away from moving into fifth all-time passing. Matt Dunnigan, who is another quarterback with a decorated career in the CFL, you can do that this season, Hank. Like Um, now, now when you have now when you know the media reminds you guys of everything because you have to deal with the media every day. So when you have, like, when people just throwing numbers and, 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 and milestones at you, is it, do, how much do those creep into your mind when you're actually playing? Or are you always like, all right, this series, this series, okay, we got to do this, we got to move, the, okay, this this set of things? Or are you like, you look at, or does it factor in a little bit, like, oh, shoot, man, you know, one long pass, I could I could get that out of the way.
0: <laughs> I think you're kind of aware of it a little bit before the game starts, but... You know, once the game starts, you know your bottom line is to execute, and uh, you you ha- you have to win. And honestly, this is the truth because you know you can't get caught up in the numbers because there's 300-pound guys on the other side of the ball and a lot of playmakers on that defense. That, regardless of what the scenario is for you setting whatever milestone, they can embarrass your whole life as far as on that given day. And that's the last <laughs> I like I say, you you
1: embarrass can. your whole life. <laughs> oh,
0: they can. I mean, because the last thing you want to have happen is, you know, the team gets embarrassed, you guys lose, and you get romped. However. You're the fifth-leading passer in the history of football. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't add up, right? I mean, you have to go out there and put on a great performance to show people, hey, this is the reason why this milestone has happened throughout my career, and he followed up by getting a big victory. And so, therefore, you can not only celebrate the victory, but you can celebrate the victory and also achi- the achievement that uh, not, ma- not many people get to uh, experience as far as in their careers.
1: Hank, I'll get you out of here on this. Please don't take offense to this. We're friends, so... Um, you know, they, as as a friend of yours, I, I I am afforded certain liberties.
0: Go ahead, go ahead, take your shot. Now, remember, no. there's five big guys called the Office of line <laughs> that are outside your studio right now. No,
1: yeah, right. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm gonna borrow this from the Dan Lebertard show, which I am a massive fan of. Their producer, his name is Mark Hockman. He does something called the Mount Rushmore, and Henry, with your seven million. Watt's smile, people know that there's a little space between your two front teeth. <laughs> now, on the route, Mount Rushmore of entertainers and athletes who have big smiles and a little bit of a space between their two front teeth, I want you to make give us your Mount Rushmore of the Gap Tooth, fantastical, funny, entertaining, and charming athletes. Okay, I have a list of athletes and entertainers. But you can add to this if you want, okay?
0: Well, I'm kind of nervous because to have a Mount Rushmore uh, hit as far as on a show that's called The Cockman I don't know if I want to get involved in that. I don't know what a Val Rushmore is when your last name is Cockman. that's not
1: my last. My last name is Richards. You're on the Caddy Presents <laughs> podcast slash radio show, so I I don't know nothing about Cockman. But okay, here, listen. Oh no, his name was Mark Hawkman <laughs>
0: with, oh, with an H. With an H. Oh, it's a Val Rushmore? <laughs> Am I sure I want to mess with this?
1: <laughs> no, 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 Hawkman, Hawkman, Hawkman. Oh, Hockman. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay oh, so, man. so, okay, so. They're gonna start up with the the two most famous entertainers. I'm gonna start with Madonna and then David Letterman. and then moving into athletes. the most famous Mike Tyson, Michael Strahan. Uh, they're gonna move into and then and then you know Greg Oden, unfortunately, his his unfortunate situation, but he does a got to, and then a hockey dude, Chris pronger, uh, another kid that a kid that plays in in Edmonton, a, a youngster named Jordan Eberly. And one of our Canadian Olympians, Clara Hughes, who's a uh, a cyclist and a speed skater.
2: Speed skater.
1: Th- those, those, that's that's who come. That's, that's my list. My short list of seven, uh, eight people. Um, you know, Mount Rushmore has four heads. So the the Mount Rushmore of of gap tooth athletes slash
0: entertainers
1: by Henry Burris <laughs>
0: is. <laughs> Actually I can't name any. That's a good question cause I know I know Eddie Murphy he, Eddie, Oh, one.
1: that's a great one. Eddie. Eddie's gotta be on the on, on the Mount Rushmore. Eddie, great
0: yeah, one. Yeah, I know Eddie Murphy's on there. Um I can't think of any hot chicks that have, have gaps though right now. That that's that's a good one. I know there's a couple of uh there's gotta be a couple of Victoria's Secrets models because Ooh. if you don't have a gap, you're not even in there. So hmm. You
1: know, you. I can't. Love, ooh, that's a good. I feel like there. I feel like there was like one.
0: Yeah, I know there. Like I can't.
1: Think ooh, of yeah. I mean, but you're more than welcome to use Letterman or Strahan, Madonna, Mike Tyson, Chris Pronger. You're you're more than welcome to use any of those.
0: Oh well, you know, I got to go with uh, Madonna. I mean, Madonna is one of the the more uh, tantalizing figures as far as in, in in just life in general. Right. For us in Shout decade. out to like
1: 1984 to 92. That was kind hey, of her, that was been kind been of her prime. Well, yeah, but Madonna's like 59 years old now.
0: Oh, but you look at her, you would think she's, uh, you know, one of the young girls in the nightclub still. <laughs> you know, you know we'll, we'll send the young guys to, to to give us a forecast on that, but... Uh.
1: <laughs> send fan twos out to get a nice uh, status report.
0: <laughs> I know, we'll send him and Juwan Simpson, those type of guys, but... Yes. uh. But, uh but, yeah, I mean, I, of course, you know, I'll have to go with Claire Hughes. you got to show the ladies some love out there. They've been working hard, doing their thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, uh, yeah, Chris Pronger, great, great athlete. Yeah, great hey, wait, that's
1: your, that's your four. You can go. That's four right there. Eddie, Madonna, Claire Hughes, and Chris Pronger. Is that oh, is that right. your Mount Rushmore? You're not putting Strahan on there or Letterman?
0: Actually, I'm going to go with Strahan before either one of them. All right, Michael Strahan. Yeah, I'm going to go with Strahan after uh, Claire and Madonna. All right. Yeah. Uh, that, that's my floor right there.
1: That is your Mount Rushmore. And uh, my Mount Rushmore of famous athletes with awesome charity event weekends where I can act like a total <laughs> jackass and still have a great time and still provide some sort of entertainment and something uh, to the weekend. Uh, you are the first name that I would call on my own personal Mount Rushmore, Henry Burris. So, hey, I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, man, thanks so much for uh, for being on the show. Good luck this season, and I uh, hopefully by the end of it, uh, you know they're saying they're you know your name is on a on a jumbotron with the moves, you know Henry Burris moves into fifth all the time, blah blah blah, and then you know if things go according to your guys' plan, then I'll see you in the playoffs, my dude.
0: Hey, I appreciate it, and make sure you bring me a souvenir back from the Stampede. I'm gonna miss it.
1: Oh, I will. I will. The souvenirs I will just send to your cell phone.
0: Hey, enjoy the chucks if you make it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll try
1: my best, Hank. Thanks so much, man.
0: Hey, thanks a lot, Cap. All right. All hey, right, take care. You too.
1: Henry Burris has the opportunity to move higher in the record books at his position of quarterback. So we wish him well in his pursuit of uh, passing Doug Flutie at number six and Matt Dunnigan at number five in all-time passing yards. Another player close to a milestone on the receiving end, another great ambassador of the CFL game, joins me now.
0: If it's going to be an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers.
1: And joining from the camp of the Grey Cup champion, B.C. Lions, the face of the franchise, G. Roy Simon, I am happy to speak with you again. How are you, man?
2: I'm good. How's it going?
1: Everything's wonderful. All I want to know, like right out the gate, is where is your ring?
2: My ring right now is in a safe. It is. Uh, It's in a safe place. It in a safe in a safe place. Um, Is
1: it in your home or the bank?
2: Um, I don't want to disclose those details. (laughs) What do you mean? Is it
1: Okay, it looks pretty dope though. Like you guys have like your ring looks like like them NBA dudes have giant rings cuz you yeah. know they're giant humans. You guys your ring is like comparable to to those rings, man.
2: Yeah, um, as as one of my teammates, Dante Marsh would describe our ring as ignorant.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 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 spoils of your labor. Hey, are you um? Does the ring is it is it on your left ring finger or does it fit on your right ring finger?
2: Well, seeing that our season the way it went, we started really bad and and um, ended up really good. It's on my middle finger on my right hand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect place for it. Perfect place. Um, when did you, did were you able to get a? All right, what point were you able to get a preview of the design? Like you guys won like November twenty eighth or something in that area. And yeah. Like at what point did you get an email or did you see something on Twitter or whatever that you like? You, you showed you a preview of the ring.
2: Um, I was on the design committee, so I really I was actually helped. I helped design the ring, so um, I I saw it from the start to finish and had a lot of say So and and uh, and, uh, and 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 determining what our ring was going to look like, along with uh, a, a few other of our, of our players, of our veteran player players. So we had we had a lot of input on what the design was going to look like um how many diamonds went into the ring um the color of diamonds and all that stuff so it was it was a pretty cool process
1: how many diamonds are on the ring
2: uh, you know what i haven't sat down and counted but oh, there boy. are oh, boy. hundreds <laughs> oh wow there's a lot of diamonds in it um I, I don't know the exact count but it's it's a lot
1: you know a lot of black people died for the ring on your finger right <laughs> I'm just messing so, with you.
2: Those I'm, are not blood diamonds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you better hope not. No, I'm just playing, dude. I'm playing. So, okay, so um, uh, I don't know if you heard this story, but uh, Snoop Dogg's son, um, Cordell Brodus, uh who's 14 years old, is a sophomore uh, wide receiver at uh, Diamond Bar High School. And I believe it was Jim Mora tweeted that they've offered him a uh, scholarship to UCLA. Now, yep. like a month earlier, uh, Puff Daddy's son, Justin, uh, also kind of made headlines for accepting a scholarship to play football at UCLA. Now, in the offseason, I, I follow you on Twitter, so I know I read how much you tweet about your son, Trevon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also follow, like, Tory Hunter, who plays baseball for the for the Angels. He tweets a lot about his son, um, and you know his athletic in Denver uh, endeavors. What kind of sports dad are you? Are you like the Vince Lombardi, like always giving speeches and little nuggets of knowledge, or are you like the stat keeper, like you have stats for like, you know, on grass, on artificial turf, <laughs> night games, day games? Are you like, are you like that kind of dad?
2: No, I'm the dad that um, I, I coach my other son, Jaden, in football, and I'm, I'm, I, obviously, I'm like the Vince Lombardi of that team, but. Other than that, I'm, I'm more of the, the kind of sit back and watch. And I'll give I'll give helpful, t- helpful tips, but I don't want to be that overbearing parent that all you talk about is sports and things like that. So, so I, I'll give little tips and, and hints on things to look out for. But um, I'd rather talk more about, um, you know, giving my son tips on the birds and the bees right. rather than, <laughs> you know, on, uh, on his three-step drop you know in the, in the quick
1: game how do you how do you resist being that dad though like cuz you're watching your son like that is like your little man that's like a version of yourself and yeah. obviously you you want nothing but success for him i mean he has to learn through trials and tribulations and the losses but you want ultimately success for the young man so how do you resist not being like being overly critical or wanting to throw your two cents in because you're a professional athlete right, and you see the right. game at a different speed
2: yeah you know my kids are um they've they've been around football all their lives, so um I tend to think that, that they learn a lot just by watching and, and being around the sport all their lives so um a lot of things that 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 they know is from being around the sport that a lot a lot of times they know more than the coaches know just because they've been around it they see me watching film and they they you know ask questions that way so um for me it's, it's a lot of times i you know i I like for my kids to to fail sometimes because that's when they're going to learn their, their best lessons because, you know, if you're always having success, um, you know, you know they're, they're not going to learn anything. They're, they're going to learn more from, from failing. Like, um, for example, my, my youngest son, Jaden, he's 10, he plays flight football. Now, he hasn't lost a game in football in, like, three years. So Really? Like, we, we want them to lose. I mean, they lost <laughs> in championship games, but they haven't uh. lost, like, regular season games. So we put them, we, we made them play against 15-year-olds and flags, and they lost like every game, just so they can they can learn. Like, you know, life isn't always about winning. You gotta you gotta go through through some struggles, and 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 it'll teach you more lessons than, than winning sometimes.
1: So wait, your your son is on. Like, I remember hearing that Snoop. Um, he he had like like I don't know if he financed the league but he would get like all the best players from like around Long Beach or whatever and yeah. then he would they would all play for something called the Snooper Bowl and Snoop would have like a trophy. So is yeah. the the team that Jaden plays on did the coach or is maybe is it you? Like have you guys assembled like an all star team from like all the best kids <laughs> in the region to play on this one team and now you guys have to play fifteen year olds so these these ten year olds can have a challenge?
2: No, but you know the thing is when you have a professional athlete coaching you know, I've been coaching the same kids for four years now, and then um, you know we had Baron Miles, who's now with Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, his, you know, he was coaching the defense, so you know we're gonna teach them things that, that some of these coaches can't even dream up. And you know, these kids know how to use leverage. They know how to, you know, uh, you know how to how to set up angles and things like that that they're they're getting on a, on an everyday basis. So they're naturally just going to be better, and then they're good athletes. You know, they're my kids, Baron kids, and, and 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 other athletes' kids. So they're they're just they're just naturally already gifted. So when you have a little the knowledge that we're giving them, they're just going to be better. Um, and and you know it's just it's just you know they're they're and, and then they're around us all the time, so they 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 understand how how to be competitive and 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 want to win and things like that. So they're they're just you know with the teaching we give them, and then uh, then they work really hard at it too. Um, it's, they're just naturally better.
1: So like, okay, uh, I mean, talk about you know, like talk about an advantage. Like these kids are getting <laughs> you know instruction from professional athletes now. Okay, so so like Puffy's son Justin got mm-hmm. a, a scholarship offered to UCLA, and I think the scholarship like fifty four thousand. Do you right. think like he should accept it? Like, hey man, this is they're just giving this to me for free. I'm gonna accept it, or should he decline it? pay to go to school, and should the scholarship go to some other kid who might need it more than Puffy's son?
2: No, I think he should accept it because he earned it. It's not that Puffy didn't earn it. His, his son earned it. That's scholarship, true. And, and it wasn't that, you know, he, he wasn't given the scholarship. He earned the scholarship. And and there's a difference between being a scholarship athlete and, then, and a walk-on athlete. My son is going to West Point on a full football scholarship, but he got offered to go to my school, which was Maryland as a walk-on and we're like, no, you're not going as a, and it was a preferred walk-on, but it's like a walk-on a walk-on. Right. If you're, if you're on scholarship, you're on scholarship, you get the perks of being on scholarship. And, you know, there's a difference. So if you, if you've earned the scholarship, no matter how much your parents make, you know, you don't, the, the child doesn't make anything. Mm-hmm. Parents make it. So it you know, it, there's life lessons in that where you, you know, the kids learn how to, how to be on their own. And, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, Puppy's son will be like a normal scholarship athlete, where he has like five bucks in his pocket and it has it last <laughs> week.
1: Now he'll be driving a Bentley to school.
2: Yeah, he'll, he'll probably have a chauffeur and you know have have his own meals taken care of. Him. But you know you have to learn those lessons of, of of being on your own, and you know even if you are a privileged child, you have to you have to you know. Have those lessons of being
1: on your own and, and, and taking care of yourself. So wait, G. Roy, your son Javon is going to West Point, like West Point, where like Coach K and like, yep. like and like Bob Knight went to, like that West yes. Point, like the military uh, school.
2: That West Point. He's going. He's going on football scholarship as a quarterback.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing, dude. So wait, are, is he is he going to play like Army, Navy, like those schools? Yes. He, oh, okay. Playing an
2: Army Navy game. He goes to. Uh, he leaves. Actually, he's sitting right beside me. He's going to— Tell him uh, I said what's up. I will. Uh, Cabby says hey. He,
1: he won't know who I am. He goes to school yeah, in the United States. He won't he won't, <laughs> he won't give a, 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 a damn about a fat dude on the phone with his pops.
2: <laughs> yeah, he um he goes—actually, this year he's going to the prep school, which they send 95% of their incoming freshmen to prep school to, to get them ready for the military aspect of school. But, um yeah, in two years he'll be playing an Army-Navy game.
1: Oh, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. We'll see those on NBC. And, like, those ones are always, like, really – and th- do they get to play Notre Dame too? Is that, isn't that like – because they're, like, in an independent league, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah, they play a national, a national schedule. So, yeah, they get to play, uh, you know, I think – a few of their big games are Notre Dame, um, maybe Michigan. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. San Diego State Air Force is always a big game. Navy, obviously, the Navy game is a big game. So they, yeah, they play national schedule. They play all over, all over the country.
1: Shout out to uh, Marshall Falk State, aka San Diego State. <laughs> so yeah. I put out, uh, I put out a little thing on Twitter, and I got a couple of questions from some people on Twitter. Uh, and uh, this one person named Diego Soros Rex uh, asked, "Are you interested in coaching after you retire?"
2: yeah um it's it's an interest of of mine, obviously um you know coaching the kids um it's it's something that i'm I'm really passionate about. Um, so yeah i'm I'm definitely interested in coaching uh, either in the cfl or or NCAA, uh, when when I'm finished playing that's that's definitely something i'm I'm interested in.
1: very cool. and now uh jLTM asks, what's the closest you've come to signing with an NFL team or or feel- or, or accepting an offer from an NFL team?
2: I was I was on five NFL teams, uh, four before I came to the B or to, to Canada, and then after I was with Win- Winnipeg for two years, I was with the Kansas City Chiefs before I came to PT. Ah,
1: okay. So were you able? Did you actually get in into some games and stuff?
2: No, no. I just played. Uh, oh, well, other than preseason, um, yeah, I was just on like practice squads and you know, kind of floating around.
1: They didn't. They didn't know that they had Superman in their midst. How dare yeah. they!
2: They did not know, but it's okay. It all, everything worked out. Yeah,
1: ninety nine touchdowns later, you sobs. <laughs> I mean, KC, how dare you? How dare you, dudes? Okay, so um, so I mentioned ninety nine touchdowns, and uh, and um, and you know, like if 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 Uncle Milty Milt steagle is the Jerry Rice of receivers in the CFL, are you are you Randy Moss or are you Terrell Owens?
2: Uh...
1: Or are you like? I don't even know who else I'm is. I'm more
2: in. like a Chris Carter. Chris
1: Carter, Tim, Tim Brown.
2: Yeah, Tim Brown. A, a, you know, a solid guy who can, you know, you can play anywhere on the field. I'm not gonna cause too much trouble. <laughs> I'm gonna just go do my job and and shake hands and kiss babies after the game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're you're a politician, much like uh, Henry <laughs> Burris as who was on earlier with us. Um, okay, so how aware are you of of milestones? You have a big one coming up. Um, you know, if everything goes according to plan, you know, you're, uh, you know, less than 70 yards shy of uh, the all-time receiving yards um, lead in CFL history, and you'll pass Milt Stegall. I know you deal with the media every day, so they probably remind you of it, yeah. but when you're yeah. actually in the game, as soon as the whistles blow, is it on your mind, or do, do those things ever factor in your the way you play?
2: No, not really. Um you know, I only know these things obviously because I, I do get reminded of fans and in, and in the, in the media. But yeah, when it's time to play, it's, it's go time. I'm not really worrying about how many catches and how many yards they got. I you know, I just want to you know destroy the guy in front of me. Um, so I, I don't really you know, the only stat I worry about is the score and and on you know and, and just trying to win games because you know I've played so long and and have, you know have 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 been pretty healthy and played so many games so. With that comes, um, you know, the, the the milestones, things like that. So it's not something that I worry about. I just, you know, I just want to be the best I can be, and, and wherever I end up, and 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 all those stats and stuff. It, you know, that's what it is, and I don't really worry about it.
1: That's cool, dude. I mean, that's, I, you know, I was wondering because not not that it would affect your game as much, but it might be. I just wonder, like in, you know, in the game. You know, sometimes when you're watching the defense, some things might, you know, your mind. You guys, you know, obviously, you're focused, but you're humans. You know, when I'm at work, yeah. I don't—I'm not always focused on work. You know, I get distracted right. by my phone, or right. uh, what's on my iPad, and that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, you don't have the same things, but you know, in your environment, you might get distracted by the the scoreboard or out—out—you know, the um, out of city scoreboard or, or whatnot. So I always wondered, like, if it, right? Well, hey, I'm only a man, dude, and I have so many flaws, and they revolve around a nice pair of legs and a short. Short skirt yeah. and twirling girls into the air and stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. So have you? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I, and I, I want to get into the uh, Grey Cup celebration in a little bit because I was at the I was at uh, the after party, which was quite enjoyable. Um, but before <laughs> we get to that, okay. So you live in, um, uh, and, and there there are a lot of Americans that watch. Uh, sorry, that listen to this. So you you live in in White Rock in White Rock or or or, or like South Florida. Surrey. In where? Oh,
2: Surrey, Cloverdale.
1: In Cloverdale. Yeah. Okay, so so this is on the west coast in in Canada, like just what an hour from Vancouver.
2: No, no, we're about yeah, we're about thirty minutes out of the actual yeah out of actually Vancouver, but yeah, it's more Surrey. Um, I you know I live in this area because I like being close to this border, just to, just in case anything go down, I'm five minutes from the border. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, things go down in your country, not ours. What it happens in ours, We when you guys get a freaking rainstorm in uh, yeah. Vancouver, like that's, that's, the only, that's the only thing that happens over there.
2: That's the only thing coming down is rain.
1: That's right. So, okay, so I was recently, like I live in Toronto and there's like this um, market called Kensington Market where I buy like my, my, my groceries and it's really bohemian and like, you know, Vancouver has a certain bohemian vibe to it too. people like artsy and whatever. So I saw this girl, and um she she was a blondie with some dreads, she's pretty hippie, and she had a rabbit on a leash. So I asked him, like, what's the rabbit's name? And she said Misha. And I'm so 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 you play with fifty three or fifty five or sixty guys every year on your team. What's like what's the strangest pet uh that you've seen in someone's house or you've heard a teammate own?
2: Huh, I don't know, maybe uh I don't know. <laughs> the snake, I guess. Like uh, someone... Lizards.
1: At, at li- yeah, lizards are gross.
2: Actually, uh, actually, I was at a guy's house yesterday, a friend of mine, and he's not on a team, but he had some, like, um, some frogs. What? They were poisonous. He Like, some, like, the, like
1: those little red ones or those yellow it ones?
2: Was, it was green, but it had, like, a red belly. Oh. And um, I'm like... Um, that make if you have frogs and you can't touch them and you can't do anything with them and if you touch them you'll die
1: yeah like the venom will just stop your heart <laughs> what, did he, what did he say what did he say what did you ask him like dude what what well, is your deal
2: yeah they were he was like oh they're just cool to have i'm like oh okay all right if, <laughs> if that works for you then, then and i'm okay with that
1: god forbid anything happens the like the the, the case the aquarium gets knocked over and these little frogs just bouncing around his place and then just end up on his leg in the middle of the night.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty pretty weird.
1: Like, he, w- he would end up on that. You ever see that show on Thousand Ways to Die on Spike? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah he would end up on one of those.
2: <laughs> yes, yes it would be a thousand and one ways to die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: so, okay, so you've been living in Canada for, what, 12 or 14 years?
2: Yeah, I've been here for, uh, yeah, I'm in my 14th season with, uh, in, in Canada.
1: So what what's the most Canadian thing that you do? Like do you, do you like do you watch hockey or do you eat bacon no. or do you like? Uh, um, do you, are, is are there certain terms that you use like Americans like yourself? You guys say soda, but we say pop here, or like um uh, like the yeah, pre-drink pre-drink is pretty Canadian.
2: I actually I drink Canadian beer. Get
1: Canadian beer, okay.
2: That's probably the most Canadian thing I do. I don't I I kind of hold on to my American roots, even though. Um, my wife is Canadian. Two of my kids are Canadian. Um, I live in Canada forever and don't plan on leaving. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I hold on to those to those American roots. I would never, ever say A. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> we, I
1: don't say A either, but I know there, there are a lot of – well, people out west, in the western part of our, our country, they say hey, not A. Have you heard that? Have you noticed that?
2: Yeah, they say – They say hey. I say, I say hey, but it's like – Yelling at my son, like, "Hey, Jaden, go clean your room." <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I can't. Can't get into that.
1: Hey, do you listen to Drake? And 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 because your son is ten, do you are you forced to listen to Justin Bieber?
2: Oh yeah, my daughter definitely. She she definitely has everybody in the house listening to Justin Bieber. She she's got like Justin Bieber pajamas and what? Shirt. Justin Bieber
1: has pajamas?
2: Oh man, he's got everything. Bieber's Bieber's like. That dude is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a marketing machine.
2: Yeah, and music's it, it, not that bad. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it, for me, it's like I'm not like I listen to rap, but I can't listen like heavy heavy hardcore rap. Yeah, I just I'm I'm more like a Temptations guy. So you know, I, I'm I'm pretty 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 easy. I'm I'm R and B. But yeah, I, I mean, my son, he you know he listens to all that rap and stuff. And I'll be you know a song will come on and he'll be singing. I'll be like, who's that? And He'll be like. Whoever. and i'm like okay cool
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to know the names to be a cool dad even nah, though even though you're a cool dad because you're a coach of the football team like there's a certain amount of cool that goes with that and a certain amount of reverence but you still have to know the names of the of the groups and the artists and stuff
2: Nah, it's too much too much too much for me i you know i can't keep up with all that i i you know i gotta you know worry about like paying bills I can't <laughs> worry about like music
1: <laughs> okay, so so there was okay. So two these two artists, I, I'm sure you heard about this. Um, Chris Brown and Drake, their their entourages. I don't think they personally threw any punches, but their entourages got into a fight at a club in in Manhattan, uh, a club called WIP. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris Brown tweeted a picture how he got his, his chin busted open, and now this like this billionaire named. Um, uh, Alki David has offered a million dollars uh for a pri- for a fight between Chris Brown versus Drake to be set up in Los Angeles or Las Vegas and um uh and you know it, he's saying like you know 3 1-minute rounds and the prize money goes to charity if we can't get the Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather fight <laughs> that we want should the pan- should the fans push for this fight on pay-per-view
2: Yeah um yeah, I would, I would, I would watch that. I mean, two little dudes running around throwing throwing little uh pillow pillowcases at each other. That'll, <laughs> that'll be that'll be that'll be something to see. Uh, actually, Drake's not that small of a guy. I actually met Drake. Uh, yeah, he's like he's like I
1: six year. one or six two. He's actually yeah, he's pretty a, tall.
2: He's a pretty big dude, and uh, Chris Brown, I, I I can imagine he's probably a little skinny guy. Um, yeah,
1: I don't think he weighs much over a dollar thirty, dollar forty yeah. max.
2: Yeah, he's a little dude, so he probably he probably get jacked up if he really tried <laughs> to fight. He better worry about uh, dancing and all that flipping he do.
1: <laughs> so wait, so you would you would watch the fight, but would you order the fight if it was say, you know, twenty nine ninety nine, and they had some performances and they had some other you know prelims and all this kind of stuff? Are you or are you pressing buy on your remote on your digital on your HD box?
2: The bad thing is, I probably would. Really? Okay. Just, just to see what happens.
1: Nice. Yeah, so you would you would succumb to the curiosity. Oh yeah. And then so wait. So you're saying Drake would win because of his he has the size advantage.
2: Yeah. If, you know, Drake. Uh, he's a he's a bigger guy, and he's pro- you know he probably knows how to use a little bit of leverage. So he could probably. He, Chris Brown's a little guy, so I, I can't see him doing too much.
1: All right. So according to your Simon Drake. Will get the who would earn the decision or get the knockout?
2: In this I I, def, I definitely put a hundred on Drake.
1: <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Okay, so you mentioned like you're kind of you mentioned that the Temptations you're sort of like an R and B dude. Uh, I read uh, online, uh, I think it was last night, that R. Kelly has a new memoir out, there, an autobiography, and in it, he says that he he had this experience with uh, Biggie Smalls, and they were both at this uh, um, hotel in Detroit. And it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. It was like after the show, it's the after party, like Jay-Z rhymes in that one song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and R. Kelly is, is sitting at the piano in the lobby, and he starts to play. He only had two lines to the song, I Believe I Can Fly. He's like, you know, the, I believe I can fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe I can touch the sky. That's all he had. and yeah. And he said that Biggie started to tear up because of of what he played, according to R. Kelly. um, When was the last – have you ever – has the death of an entertainer or an athlete that you didn't know ever made you shed a tear?
2: No. I don't think so. Like
1: when Michael Jackson died or Walter Payton died or when –
2: I I can't say I shed a tear when uh, Walter Payton died, but I was pretty sad. He was my favorite football player growing up. And to see you know, to see him, you know the way the way he was before he passed it, it definitely made me really sad. Um, Junior Seau was pretty sad. i yeah. I, didn't, you know, I can't say that I cried because I'm I'm not a crier. Um, but yeah, you know you definitely you you definitely feel feel bad about guys like that passing. I mean, even though I love Michael Jackson's music, yeah. I mean, you know you kind of see that stuff coming. Right. So, I mean it's 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 bad to say but when you you know when you really look at it you know you see it coming so you're not really that surprised. Um, but yeah it's 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 um it's it was really sad when when Walter Payton passed and uh, as well as Junior Seau, yes that was, that was definitely really sad. Well, you said
1: you're not a cry when was the last time you actually did cry was it like high school like you got your leg jacked up in a tackle or like your girl broke your heart when you're at Maryland like your the first <laughs> And you're just like in your room and you didn't wanna go out and you just like the lights are off and you're just looking at the moon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, probably the last time I really, really cried was when my grandfather passed probably eleven, twelve years ago. Okay. But other than that, yeah, I'm not I'm not, you know, I just i suck it up and and uh and hold it in.
1: Wait. So wait. There there hasn't been a hit or an injury that's actually made you shed a tear. Like it's okay. The statue of limitations is passed. Like I know you're still an active player, but dude, you guys get hit hard, and you guys get when you guys like if there's a fumble and you end up at the bottom of the pile, like you get you getting you're getting crunched by three hundred pound dudes, punching you in the ribs, the kidneys, grabbing at your business. Like that's painful. I can imagine the pain. I don't have the courage to do what you do for a living, but I can. So you can listen. You could like lift the <laughs> veil a little bit, G. Roy. Give us one. There's, there I'll had to be a game in Winnipeg when it was minus forty-one, and like <laughs> you, you know, the, a helmet hit your hand and jacked up your fingers like Tory Holt. No, you, now, you know, those.
2: You, you know what really makes you want to cry is when you're running and you, you get tackled or you're running around with a DB and you, tr- and you go to break and they break with you, but they step on you like pinky toe.
1: Ah, uh, yes.
2: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, you got to hold it in because that's just, that's just a little pinky toe. But, yeah, I, I you know, there's some times when, when you get hit. Like I got hit last year in Hamilton. Oh, my gosh. The dude destroyed me, but – it just, you know, you 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 get hit and you lay there and you're like, okay, I got to get up because if 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 I just lay here, that means they took my heart. <laughs> so you just get up and whether you're wobbly or whatever's going on, you got to get up and just 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 fake it. Say something like, oh, that didn't hurt, Right something like that, and and just just you know tap your helmet and and run to the sideline and sit on the bench for a few minutes, collect collect yourself get yourself together but yeah there's there's plenty of times where you get hit and you're like oh man that hurts so or like you get hit in the stomach mm. and it knocks all the wind out of you uh those are the, the worst ones can where, you, where you
1: can you just just run to the like to the locker room just so that no one else can see you like you just need a few minutes just to, like to suck some wind back in or just hold those tears back and you could just go into the showers or you by yourself and just let it out like can, has there ever been one of those
2: there's times where you want to run into the locker room and just. There's times where you just want to take your all your equipment off right on the field. And just say I quit. Right. But you can't do that. You you know football is is, a, is all about toughness and, and 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 bravado and things like that. So you yeah you just you want to do all that stuff, but you can't. You gotta you gotta suck it up and and like I said, if you gotta you know lean on lean on the dude beside you to help you get off. That's what you got
1: to do. I mean, the the good thing about your sport is that you guys wear helmets, so you the cameras. Although they they show your faces, sometimes they don't get like super close, as though you're a basketball player or even in hockey, because the most of the guys don't wear masks. Cause they wear helmets, but they don't wear masks, so you can't like see your eyes. Um, so that, I mean that that's a good thing for you guys, and you know, and the cameras don't necessarily come running onto the field to like right. you know come right over and just like <laughs> point in your face while you're just trying to re- collect yourself. So okay, so one more thing about this R. Kelly. So in this R. Kelly book, he also um, spoke of a union between him and Tupac, and Tupac and him had had these conversations about doing an album together uh, before uh, R. Kelly did one with Jay Z, which was a pretty big record called The Best of Both Worlds. Which collaboration? in any genre would you like to hear for a full length album it could it's got to be it's got to be like uh, obviously artists that are are still with us i mean it could be it could be some old school dudes um, it could be some current day artists who who um which union would pique your interest
2: i would like to see someone like donny hathaway oh wow and um someone like a usher or like a urban mystic who's super cool or like a um a kim someone like that who makes like real cool like jazzy type you know relaxing that's because that's what i'm all about i'm all about relaxation and chilling and you know smooth music just to kind of because i'm 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 Normally a hyper guy, but you know, just, <laughs> you know, as I got older, it's like, all right, I need to kind of calm myself down instead of doing things to excite myself. So that's the type of music I listen to. So like a like a Donny Hathaway or in a, in a Kim or, or or Usher and Kim or something like that who makes like really cool music, just like really easy, laid back, something something like that. Oh, That's
1: very cool. I was when I when I was like uh, reading this this uh, excerpt. I thought of like Adele and Alicia Keys. That would be pretty cool, because they're both Definitely. really big vocalists. Definitely. And, like, Definitely. and then I thought of, like I don't know if you know this rock group called the Black Keys, but they have a particular signature sound, like the Black Keys and Kanye and Jay-Z or something. Mm-hmm. But I like yours, Danny Hoth- uh, Donny Hathaway and, and Usher, or Cam and Usher. Uh, that'd be very cool. Okay, we'll get you out on this. So I'm just going to quickly tell the story from my perspective, and you can fill in the blanks after <laughs> I left. So it's, you know, we're in Vancouver and had the 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 pleasure of watching you guys win the 2011 Grey Cup. After the game, I'm with a couple of friends, uh, Tim McAuliffe. I think I'm with my producer, D. A couple other dudes We're just having a bite to eat at, like, a restaurant. And then we go back to our hotel to chill for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I get a text from Tad Cornegay. He's like, bar none. That's where it's going down. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Actually, I think I was messaging you as well. And you're like, yeah. bar, bar none. And I think... Because either you're the face of the franchise, or you're like the captain. You were the dude that got to, like, roll with the Grey Cup, like, mm-hmm. correct. So, so, so after, okay, so after you guys win, you're celebrating. Your family's there. Does the whole team like eat together? Like, you guys are you guys like in a big suite or something at the at the arena?
2: No. So what happened was we obviously we won the Grey Cup. We go in the locker room. Everybody changes. We go back to our hotel. And we have a party for the, the organization and family. So what happened was, um, you know, the party's going down, everybody's happy, excited, and then everybody starts dispersing, going to whatever their party or whatever. So me being the Wiley vet, I go up to our president and say, um, who's taking the great cup? <laughs> and he's this is the first great cup that he's won. he was like, huh, I don't know. I said, yes, you do. I'm taking it, so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I got the got the great cup and yeah and after that I I don't remember what happened. Okay,
1: okay, so let me pause. Po- <laughs> okay, let me pause there. So we're at Bar None. I'm there with uh, my boy Neil, who uh, who uh, who flew out from Toronto to, to have the weekend with me. Uh, my producer D. I think my boss was rolling with us, and we were with you know a couple of females or whatever. So we get to Bar None and. You know, shout out to my dude JY and who like he was just in a celebratory mood, and so we're all just having some beverages and whatnot. And then I see you come in with the gray cup, and I'm like, oh, the part. And then you guys had a DJ from New York, like the music was it was dope. Everybody's partying, and then I thought it was very funny that you guys put milk in the gray cup. And and the Grey Cup, I'm not sure if you're aware of this part, it was circulating, and then just the girls were drinking out of the Grey Cup, and then someone would, as the Grey Cup would be tilted so that the girls could drink the milk, somebody would bump it, and then all this milk would splash into every girl's face. And I was, dude, I was crying, I was laughing, like, hey, it was just girls, it was just the girls that were drinking out of it, and someone was like, Cabby, you want to get in on this? I'm like, hell no, dude, I don't want to get any stuff on my lips, I don't want any milk
2: <laughs> splashing up in my face. Yeah, the funny thing is the the Grand cup has a hundred years of existence, um, so that means a hundred or ninety nine different teams have won it. So ninety nine times, how many other, how many ever players were on teams to to drink out of that cup, and then all the fans and all the people who, did drink out of it. So you got to be careful when, you, when you're drinking out of that thing. They sterilize it when we first get it, but then after that, if you want to take a drink from that.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, I, I definitely, and I learned. I got to drink out of the the Stanley Cup in 2008, and I was just I was just excited, and uh, uh, you know this goalie named Chris Osgood gave me, hey, let's drink out of the cup, and then, but I didn't wipe the rim, Ooh. and I and yeah, and, and, I, and I and I lucky I escaped. Without a without a permanent friend on my bottom lip, but I (laughs) but I know in the future I will always wipe the rim uh, as as as, you know as as thoroughly as I can. Um, (laughs) But that night was great. Like it it was it was a great and I just thought it was so funny. Just you guys put milk in it as opposed to beer, and I'm sure there was beer and champagne and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. at that party at Bar None in Vancouver, it was milk. So um, all right. So you guys got to defend your title. You guys are the champs. So I mean, you know, please don't get off to like a. I mean, you've done it before, oh five, oh and five or oh and six start. Just, just like, just don't do that again. Let's let's start. Let's start with like a five and zero or a six and zero, and have the same be, result.
2: That would be amazing. I mean, we obviously we gotta we gotta try to get this first one going. But yeah, we we definitely don't want to get to a, to a slow start because. You know, when you're playing 13 straight playoff games just to get to the playoffs, it's not very fun. Right.
1: I can imagine the stress level is very high. <laughs> well, listen, I'll be in Toronto for the 100th Grey Cup. And, uh, man, if um, if all goes according to your plan, then perhaps I'll see you.
2: That sounds like a plan. I look forward to being there.
1: Awesome, man. Well, uh, G-Roy, thank you for spending some time with me. I hope you uh, had a, had a, enjoyed yourself. And uh, and good. To, please tell Jervonis, good luck. And uh Jordan and Jaden, good luck to those dudes as well. And uh, to the to the, the your your daughter, you know, I hope she gets to meet Justin Bieber someday and 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 and, and freaks out and gets to have a few pictures <laughs> with him and all that stuff.
2: That'll be awesome. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you having me on.
1: All right, G Roy, take care and good
2: luck. All right, thanks.
1: Thank you to the politician Henry Burris for tactically dodging my questions about LeBron James and hating superstar athletes. Um, yeah, he did it well. But he did reveal the, the John Stockton, I like how he gave that up, and Carl uh, Malone. How could I miss Eddie Murphy's gap tooth in the candidates for the Mount Rushmore sponsored by the gap? It's a huge oversight on my part. Glad, uh, I'm glad Henry was a good sport about it, so thank you, sir. Uh, the Calgary Stampede, look into it. If you're in Canada or if you're an American looking for a 10-day party in July of 2012... Go to Calgary, Alberta for the Centennial Calgary Stampede. Uh, good luck to Henry Burris and your pursuit in returning to the Great Cup final in November with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, my man. And G. Roy Simon, future coach, future father of collegiate and potential Hall of Fame sons. We'll see. How much pressure um, are those kids under? You know, having a dad who's a Hall of Fame football player. Like, I mean, it's, there's a certain cool factor, but I would hate to be doing drills by those dudes because they, you know, the, the parents have gone through it. Like I've done these, I've, I've run several thousand miles up these hills with players on my back and stuff like that. And doing these crunches and these planks I've done, it got to put on the work. That's like the worst thing to hear when you're an athlete, it's like your coach barking at you and they knowing that the coach has done it before. Anyway, that'd be, that'd be very cool. And, um. For the dude that owns a frog as the pet, a frog. Like, come on, man. Like, hashtag, come on, man. Like, I, I might submit that to the dudes at ESPN and get a pit. Like, the frog with the red belly. Like, get at least get a Komodo dragon. If you're going to spend that money on an exotic animal, get a Komodo dragon or a, or a big-ass snake that eats those little poisonous frogs. Um, and lastly, I love G. Roy Sam- Simon's Superman pose, and let's hope for when he scores his 100th that he has something big in store for us. We'll see this season. To follow G. Roy on Simon, uh, excuse me, to follow G. Roy on Twitter, it's at G. Roy Simon, G. E. R. O. Y. S. I. M. O. N. And to watch Henry Burris and G. Roy Simon play every week, tune in to the CFL on TSN. I'm glad you guys could join us. I'm Cabby, and I'm gone.
2: Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast.